You're listening to From the Friars, the podcast from the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York. Hey, everybody, it's Father Luke Fletcher with the Friars here in um, the Bronx, New York City. And uh, today's the first Sunday of Advent, and um, it's uh, New Year's Day in terms of the liturgical calendar of the church. And um, we have Advent, which in some ways prepares us for the coming of Jesus at Christmas and um, somewhat similar to Lent, preparing us for Easter. And uh, one of the things I just love about being a friar, being a religious, being a priest, is just the beauty of being able to enter into the liturgical year, the spirituality of the Catholic liturgical year, uh, with the seasons and uh, the traditions and the prayers. You know, if we have daily mass and and the prayers of the breviary as religious, uh, especially during Advent, we go through all the prophecies from the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled as the Messiah and uh, just all the important themes of our faith and uh, of the Bible and uh, oh it's just so beautiful and wonderful we were just listening to a choir rendition of a traditional Marian hymn for Advent it's the Alma Redemptoris Mater we're going to hear the hear it at the end as well um, so just a couple of things I want to read from uh, the editorial from this, this month, Magnificat, that the new editor of Magnificat, Father, what's his name, Thomas White, O.P., uh, did I get his name right? Um, Sebastian White, O.P., um, boy, he did a great job talking about this kind of Catholic spirituality of the liturgical year. So I'm just going to read it to you because it's just spectacular, and he says it so much better than I ever would, and uh, pulls together. I'm going to offer my own commentary at the end. So this is from Father Sebastian White, the editorial. It's December 1st, 2019. It's the new Magnificat, talking about the liturgical year. Um, so listen to what he has to say. The first Sunday of Advent is, liturgically speaking, New Year's Day. For just as the natural world has its calendar and its seasons, marking the earth's relation to the sun, so the church abides by her own calendar and her own seasons, her own manner of reckoning time. But the big difference is this. For the church, it is all in relation to a person, not a thing. The church's worship makes our lives revolve around Jesus. A quote from Philippians 121, To me, life is Christ. Holy Mother Church explains the Second Vatican Council's document on the sacred liturgy, quote, is conscious that she must celebrate the saving work of her divine spouse by devoutly recalling it on certain days throughout the course of the year, unquote. Therefore, the Council Fathers add, this is from Vatican II on the liturgy, quote, Within the cycle of a year, she unfolds the whole mystery of Christ, from the incarnation and birth until the ascension, the day of Pentecost, and the expectation of blessed hope and of the coming of the Lord. Recalling thus the mysteries of redemption, the church opens to the faithful the riches of her Lord's powers and merits, so that these are in some way made present for all time, And the faithful are enabled to lay hold upon them and become filled with saving grace, Ponder that last sentence a moment longer and allow me to adapt it slightly. The church opens to me the riches of my Lord's powers and merits so that these are made present to me even today that I may lay hold of them and become filled with saving grace. How beautiful, how consoling it is to know that even though 2,000 years separate us from our Lord's earthly life, 
We suffer no disadvantage. He, he continues, One of my favorite summer vacations as a kid was when my family went to Plymouth Plantation, the living museum where people dress up in 17th century clothing, speak in English accents, and churn butter. The ladies sport little bonnets and carry baskets. The men work with old-fangled tools, tend sheep, or engage in other rugged colonial activities. It's a dramatic, playful experience of what life would have been like in 1627, but even as a gullible little kid, I didn't think for a second that those people were actually pilgrims after 5 p.m., or that anyone was going to sleep in one of those impossibly small, lumpy beds. It was a matter of pageantry and storytelling for education's sake, and it worked masterfully. But I was not changed other than by having learned something about the past, and those actors had not changed other than by their clothing. I recall, by the way, the year I dressed as a pilgrim myself for a school Thanksgiving party. I made a tall black hat, buckle and all, out of construction paper. Unfortunately, it has not survived the years. But the church is more than a historical society. I love this part. Uh, listen up. The church is more than a historical society that reenacts past events. And in our earthly pilgrimage, we do not merely learn about Christ's ideas. We participate in the very life of Christ. We become other Christs. Jesus is not just an example to be copied, Fulton Sheen often said, but a veritable life to be lived. Indeed, just as the Holy Spirit came upon the Blessed Virgin and the Word became flesh, so the Spirit works a similar marvel within each of us through the sacraments and the liturgy of the church. We can say with St. Paul, this is from Galatians 2, Yet I live no longer I, but Christ lives in me. Insofar as I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Each liturgical season has each feast bestows unique graces that make us grow in every way unto him who is the head. That's from Ephesians 4. And since our personal transformation into Christ is a reality that can come to ever greater perfection, when one year is up, Holy Mother Church gives us another go at it. So he continues, Once again, then, we enter into the season of Advent, this time of holy waiting, of expectation. What exactly? First, we desire to be ready for Christ's return in glory as judge of the living and the dead. Thus, the collect at Mass this first Sunday begs for the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming, so that gathered at his right hand we may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. But we also anticipate the birth of the infant so that our own souls can be more effectively shaped by his divine sonship. It's true that Christ already took his seat forever at the right hand of God, that's from Hebrews 10, but now he comes to be born in the narrowness of our own lives, to be incarnate in us, to give his love to the world through us, through our flesh and blood, the reason why we are where we are this Christmas in this house, family, office, workroom, hospital, or camp is because it is here in this place that Christ wants to be born. From here that he wants his life to begin again in the world. That's a quote from the Catholic author Carol Hauslander. Uh, Father White continues, Let me conclude by sharing with you what I believe to be a perfect Advent prayer from St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Quote, 
O consuming fire, spirit of love, come upon me and create in my soul a kind of incarnation of the word, that I may be another humanity for him in which he can renew his whole mystery." Unquote. It is my firm conviction that if we offer that prayer with sincerity, we will have nothing to fear when we stand before our Lord at the end of our pilgrimage, for it will be Jesus meeting Jesus. So uh, that's from the uh, Magnificat. And uh, my own take on that is a little bit strange. Um, please bear with me. St. Francis had a great love for all of creation, including animals. So there are these stories in the early biographies of St. Francis where he saw these lambs that were going to be slaughtered and he uh, talked them out of it because Jesus himself was a lamb, according to the Bible. And then um, there's a famous passage in Psalm 22, I think verse 6 or 7, where it says, I am a worm and no man. It's a psalm describing Jesus' passion. It's actually the psalm that Jesus prays from the cross. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But anyway, St. Francis saw that line, I am a worm and no man. And so when it would be raining and the worms would be out on the road, St. Francis would move them off the path so they wouldn't be hurt. So he just had such a great love for um, all of God's creatures. But he said the worm reminds us of Christ, so lowly and humble. And it got me thinking about the worm as a symbol of Christ. And um, so bear with me again. So I think what what the church does with the liturgical year, all the seasons, the, the proper readings and prayers and hymns, the themes, it's like the church is like a mother bird who has consumed the worm, Christ, and then you know how a, a mother bird will regurgitate the partly digested worm into the mouths of her chicks. And I think that when we live from the liturgy, the spirituality of the liturgy of the church, um, it's like that, that uh, Christ is being fed to us, you know, having been, you know, eaten and dig partially digested by Mother Church, this mother bird who regurgitates Christ, you know, into us, that we may be nourished and fed by the bread of life, the living water by Jesus himself. So as you go through the, the calendar from Advent to Christmas, you know, and then you've got ordinary time, you've got Lent into Easter, you know, all the saving events of Jesus's life and even the content of what Jesus taught you know, as, as you live from the liturgy, little by little by little, you get nourished by that whole word of Christ. Isn't that beautiful? So here we are, first Sunday of Advent. It's uh, the theme of Advent is preparing the way of the Lord, you know, being awake, being alert, being, you know, ready, being watching, spiritually aware. It's probably a message that we modern people need to hear more and more, huh? So let's pray for the grace, pray for one another to renew our devotion, to be um, live from the liturgy, to be fed by Holy Mother Church as we uh, ponder the Word of God in our hearts. Like Mother Mary, she pondered the Word of God, and that uh, we may be fed by, by our Father. Our day, give us this day our daily bread. So we're going to conclude again with the Alma Redemptoris Mater. It's a Marian hymn from Advent, and uh, I'll read it for you in Latin, Alma Redemptoris Mater. Que per via celi portamanes et stella maris, star of the sea, sucure cadenti sugiore qui curat popolo, tu que genuisti, natura merante, tuum sanctum genitoritum, genitorem, virgo prius hac posterius Gabrielis ab are, sumens illudave peccatorum miserere. Forgive me, I speak Latin with a Yonkers accent, okay? The English translation so beautiful. Mother of Christ, hear your people's cry, star of the sea and portal of the sky. 
mother of him who from nothing was made, sinking we strive and call to thee for aid. Oh, by that joy which Gabriel brought to thee, thou virgin first and last, let us thy mercy see. God bless you.